chapter sixteen of mrs craddock by william somerset mom this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva the nurse arrived bringing new apprehension she was an old woman who for twenty years had helped the neighboring gentry into the world and she had a copious store of ghastly anecdote in her mouth the terrors of birth were innumerable and she told her stories with a cumulative art that was appalling of course in her mind she acted for the best bertha was nervous and the nurse could imagine no better way of reassuring her than to give detailed accounts of patients who for days had been at death's door given up by all the doctors and yet had finally recovered bertha's quick invention magnified the coming anguish till for thinking of it she could hardly sleep the impossibility even to conceive it rendered it more formidable she saw before her a long long agony and then death she could not bear edward to be out of her sight why of course you'll get over it he said i promise you it's nothing to make a fuss about he had bred animals for years and was quite used to the process which supplied him with veal mutton and beef for the local butchers it was a ridiculous fuss that human beings made over a natural and ordinary phenomenon oh i'm so afraid of the pain i feel certain that i shan't get over it it's awful i wish i hadn't got to go through it good heavens cried the doctor one would think no one had ever had a baby before you oh don't laugh at me can't you see how frightened i am i have a presentiment that i shall die i never knew a woman yet said dr ramsay who hadn't a presentiment that she would die even if she had nothing worse than a finger-ache the matter with her oh you can laugh said bertha i've got to go through it another day passed and the nurse said the doctor must be immediately sent for bertha had made edward promise to remain with her all the time i think i shall have courage if i can hold your hand she said nonsense said dr ramsay when edward told him this i'm not going to have a man meddling about i thought not said edward but i just promised to keep her quiet if you'll keep yourself quiet answered the doctor that's all i shall expect oh you needn't fear about me i know all about these things why my dear doctor i've brought a good sight more living things into the world than you have i bet edward calm self-possessed unimaginative was the ideal person for an emergency there's no good my knocking about the house all the afternoon he said i should only mope and if i'm wanted i can always be sent for he left word that he was going to bewley's farm to see a sick cow about which he was very anxious she's the best milker i've ever had i don't know what i should do if anything went wrong with her she gives her so many pints a day as regular as possible she's brought in over and over again the money i gave for her he walked along with a free and easy step which bertha so much admired glancing now and then 
at the fields which bordered the highway he stopped to examine the beans of a rival farmer the soil's no good he said shaking his head it don't pay to grow beans on a patch like that when he arrived at Bewley's farm edward called for the laborer in charge of the invalid well how's she going she ain't no better squire bad job has thompson been to see her to-day thompson was the vet he can't make nothing of it he thinks it's a uh, hebsay she's got but i don't put much faith in mr thompson his father was a laborer same as me only he didn't have to do with farming being a bricklayer and what his son can know about cattle is beyond me altogether well let's go and look at her said edward he strode over to the barn followed by the laborer the beast was standing in one corner even more meditative than is usual with cows hanging her head and humping her back she seemed profoundly pessimistic i should have thought thompson could do something said edward e says the butcher's the only thing for her, said the other with great contempt edward snorted indignantly butcher indeed i like to butcher him if i got the chance he went into the farmhouse which for years had been his home but he was a practical sensible fellow and it brought him no memories no particular emotion well mrs jones he said to the tenant's wife how's yourself midland sir and how are you and mrs craddock i'm all right the missus is having a baby you know he spoke in the jovial careless way which necessarily endeared him to the whole world bless my soul is she indeed sir and i knew you when you was a boy when do you expect it i expect it every minute why for all i know i may be a happy father when i get back to tea you take it pretty cool governor said farmer jones who had known edward in the days of his poverty me cried edward laughing i know all about this sort of thing you see why look at all the calves i've had and mind you i've not had an accident with a cow above twice all the time i've gone in for breeding but i'd better be going to see how the missus is getting on good afternoon to you mrs jones now what i like about the squire said mrs jones is that there's no oddiness in him he ain't too proud to take a cup of tea with you although he is the squire now he's the best squire we've had for thirty years said farmer jones and as you say my dear there's not a drop of oddiness in him which is more than you can say for his missus oh well she's young like replied his wife they do say as how e's the master and i dare say he'll teach her better trust him for making his wife buckle under he's not a man to stand nonsense from anybody edward swung along the road whirling his stick round whistling and talking to the dogs that accompanied him he was of a hopeful disposition and did not think it would be necessary to slaughter his best cow he did not believe in the vet half so much as himself and his firm opinion was that she would recover he walked up the avenue of court Leys, looking at the young elms he had planted to fill the gaps they were pretty healthy on the whole 
and he was pleased with his work he went to bertha's room and knocked at the door dr ramsay opened it but with his burly frame barred the passage oh don't be afraid said edward i don't want to come in i know when i'm best out of the way how is she getting on well i'm afraid it won't be such an easy job as i thought whispered the doctor but there's no reason to get alarmed i shall be downstairs if you want me for anything she was asking for you a good deal just now but nurse told her it would upset you if you were there so then she said don't let him come i'll bear it alone oh that's all right in a time like this the husband is much better out of the way i think dr ramsay shut the door upon him sensible chap that he said i like him better and better why most men would be fussing about and getting hysterical and lord knows what was that eddie asked bertha her voice trembling with recent agony yes he came to see how you were he isn't very much upset is he don't tell him i'm very bad it'll make him wretched i'll bear it alone edward downstairs told himself it was no use getting into a state which was quite true and taking the most comfortable chair in the room settled down to read his paper before dinner he went to make more inquiries dr ramsay came out saying he had given bertha opium and for a while she was quiet it's lucky you did it just at dinner-time said edward with a laugh we'll be able to have a snack together they sat down and began to eat they rivalled one another in their appetites and the doctor liking edward more and more said it did him good to see a man who could eat well but before they had reached the pudding a message came from the nurse to say that bertha was awake and dr ramsay regretfully left the table edward went on eating steadfastly at last with the happy sigh of a man conscious of virtue and a satisfied stomach he lit his pipe and again settling himself in the armchair shortly began to doze the evening however was long and he felt bored it ought to be all over by now he said i wonder if i need to stay up dr ramsay seemed a little worried when edward went to him a third time i'm afraid it's a difficult case he said it's most unfortunate she's been suffering a good deal poor thing well is there anything i can do asked edward no except to keep calm and not make a fuss oh i shan't do that you needn't fear i will say that for myself i have got nerve you're splendid said dr ramsay i tell you i like to see a man keep his head so well through a job like this well what i came to ask you was is there any good in my sitting up of course i'll do it if anything can be done but if not i may as well go to bed yes i think you'd much better i'll call you if you're wanted i think you might come in and say a word or two to bertha it will encourage her edward entered bertha was lying with staring terrified eyes eyes that seemed to have lately seen entirely new things they shone glassily her face was whiter than ever 
the blood had fled from her lips and her cheeks were sunken she looked as if she were dying she greeted edward with the faintest smile how are you little woman he asked his presence seemed to call her back to life and a faint color lit up her cheeks i'm all right she said making an effort you mustn't worry yourself dear been having a bad time no she said bravely i've not really suffered much there's nothing for you to upset yourself about he went out and she called dr ramsay you haven't told him what i've gone through have you i don't want him to know no that's all right i've told him to go to bed oh i'm glad he can't bear not to get his proper night's rest how long do you think it will last already i feel as if i'd been tortured for ever and it seems endless oh it'll soon be over now i hope i'm sure i'm going to die she whispered i feel that life is being gradually drawn out of me i shouldn't mind if it weren't for eddie he'll be so cut up what nonsense said the nurse you all say you're going to die edward dear manly calm and pure-minded fellow as he was went to bed quietly and soon was fast asleep but his slumbers were somewhat troubled generally he enjoyed the heavy dreamless sleep of the man who has no nerves and plenty of exercise to-night however he dreamt he dreamt not only that one cow was sick but that all his cattle had fallen ill the cows stood about with gloomy eyes and humpbacks surly and dangerous evidently with their livers totally deranged the oxen were blown and lay on their backs with legs kicking feebly in the air you must send them all to the butchers said the vet there's nothing to be done with them good lord deliver us said edward i shan't get four bob a stone for them but his dream was disturbed by a knock at the door and edward awoke to find dr ramsay shaking him wake up man get up and dress quickly what's the matter cried edward jumping out of bed and seizing his clothes what's the time it's half past four i want you to go into turkenberry for dr spocref bertha is very bad all right i'll bring him back with me edward rapidly dressed himself i'll go round and wake up the man to put the horse in no i'll do that myself it'll take me half the time he methodically laced his boots bertha is in no immediate danger but i must have a consultation i still hope we shall bring her through it by jove said edward i didn't know it was so bad as that you need not be alarmed yet the great thing is for you to keep calm and bring spocref along as quickly as possible it's not hopeless yet edward with all his wits about him was soon ready and with equal rapidity set to harnessing the horse he carefully lit the lamps as the proverb more haste less speed passed through his mind in two minutes he was on the main road and whipped up the horse he went with a quick steady trot through the silent night dr ramsay returning to the sick-room thought what a splendid object was a man who could be relied upon to do anything who never lost his head nor got excited his admiration for edward was growing by leaps and bounds 
End of chapter 16